what if I fail? Who the hell cares? Fail a few times. I would rather try and fail and evolve than never try at all. Like it just, to me, it, it's the most basic of how anything should be run. Hi everyone, this is Rock the Boat, a podcast about Asian Americans charting unconventional career paths. Whether you're an entrepreneur, creative, or someone who's looking to break through a few ceilings, this podcast was made for you. We're your hosts, Lucia Liu and Lin Gui. Hey there, it's Lin with episode four of Rock the Boat. Quick announcement before we start this week's show, we are now on a weekly publishing schedule which means that for the rest of the season, you can find new episodes of Rock the Boat every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's Thursday, 2 p.m. East. Mark your calendars. We'll see you then. And on with the show. This week, we talked to Rani Mazumdar, whose bold approach to life might just shake you up a bit. Rani is many things. An entrepreneur, actor, tech startup founder, a dad, and in a former life, an engineer. But today, he's primarily a restaurateur. If you're a foodie in New York City, you may have visited one of his three restaurants. They include Rahi, which is a more high-end artisanal Indian restaurant in the West Village, the Masala Wala in Lower East Side, and my personal favorite, which features South Asian street-style cuisine, and Ada, an Indian canteen that recently opened to much acclaim in Long Island City. Last year, the New York Times even named Ada one of the top 10 best restaurants in New York City. Full disclosure, I've known Ronnie since the early days when he opened his very first restaurant, the Masala Wala. We're good friends at this point, but I knew even then, within minutes of meeting him, that his passion for customers and creating amazing experiences around regional Indian fare was something special. In this episode, I speak with Ronnie about his early years in America, what the American dream means to him, how his many interests fuel his creativity, and his advice on how to become what you're truly meant to be. For anyone who is interested in a lot of different things, Ronnie's advice will shed light on how to explore as many of them as possible without forsaking your bank account. You'll also hear Ronnie talk about overcoming the fear of failure and why he thinks combining acting with his engineering degree was one of the best moves he ever made. Hi, I'm Ronnie Mazumdar. I'm an entrepreneur, restaurateur, actor, and creator of memorable experiences. Ronnie and I met up a few times over the last year. So what you'll hear is a compilation of our conversations about his journey from humble beginnings all the way to present day. I come from fairly humble beginnings in India, but that wasn't the defining factor in my life. Grew up in a fairly comfortable, for India standard, middle-class family. Didn't know what it was to be hungry, let's say. But at the same time, didn't have all the opulence, have 20 cars and all of that stuff. The biggest shift in my life happened when I first moved here with this idea that going to America is the roads are paved in gold and it was anything but because I moved to the Bronx. (laughs) Oh God. It didn't take long for Ronnie to realize the roads weren't exactly paved in gold, but he still felt blessed to be able to come to America. The, The state I grew up is called West Bengal and that state was ruled by communism for about 30 plus years. But that also created a very sort of inward looking society where you're not really, you're kind of weird if you talk too much. Smart people don't talk too much. You shouldn't laugh uh, you know, too hard. So this whole individuality was a little different. And I didn't understand any of it as a kid. And I was this oddball that was always just you know, all over the place. And I didn't know, and I always felt like an outcast because of it. I never chose my friends based on who I was. It was all about, do I make a, a human connection with this person? And that's who I ended up 
just becoming. But the challenge was I found that society to be incredibly stifling and I didn't know why. I found the educational system to be horrific. I was actually fairly mediocre in school. Now, all of a sudden, I move here versus India where certain categories of society are almost set for certain families. Let's say you want to be an actor, you have to come from a certain family, very few, one or two maybe will make it, if at all. Or if you want to do something drastically different, I all of a sudden had a level playing field is what I realized. Kolkata is the capital of West Bengal where Ronnie was born, and it was also the base for the world's longest serving democratically elected communist government. Opportunities were limited, Like Ronnie said, it was a place where you did everything possible to avoid standing out, and life was predetermined for you. In order to provide a better future for his family, Ronnie's dad sacrificed his career as a lawyer, left India, and brought the family over to America for a better education and more opportunities. It wasn't easy in the beginning. My father and I used to have a little fruit cart in uh, downtown Manhattan. So my idea of hospitality started there. At the age of 13, waking up at three in the morning, pushing a fruit cart next to my father, that's where I started. Every day, every customer, every fruit, every little bit mattered. Ronnie learned a lot from this experience. He credits his time on the streets selling fruit with his father as the best lesson in hospitality he could ever ask for, which would ultimately play a big role in building his restaurant business. What it taught me is that there isn't a job that is too small. Here was a man who was educated, who all of a sudden took this massive leap in life at a much later state in his life, career, everything else, gave it all up with the hope that his son one day makes something of himself. Every day that I went there, I never looked down upon it, but I recognized this was the start of something. And I have to take it much, much farther than that. So that's where the idea started to really be instilled. The idea of hospitality, how to serve people, how to care about people with the same fruit that the next guy is selling, it doesn't matter. But that personal touch is where it all started coming together. Ronnie also quickly realized that he wanted more for his family than just a little fruit cart. He wasn't willing to sell fruit his entire life. He recalls a vivid memory from one of the mornings he was selling fruit with his father. I still remember it was a rainy day and we were all stuck at the parking lot because people are waiting for the rain to taper off. An Afghani man who was also waiting with his cart looks at the sky and sort of just, whatever, talks to himself and goes, he's just like, oh, I guess this is our life. And, you know, it was that very moment I sort of told myself, no, it's not. This is the beginning. So though that's when a 13-year-old boy was starting to make those decisions for himself and say, I have to transform not just my life, but everyone around me. It was the beginning of a flame, and there's a fire that starts to burn within you. Now you start to feel this gnawing emotion within you to keep striving for a little bit more without even realizing where your pivotal point really lies. I still don't know, by the way, even right now what it is. You start to push harder every day and within the realm of your own imagination. With this newfound conviction, Ronnie pushed ahead. He started to focus more on school and get better grades. He understood the reason that his parents moved from India to America was so he could forge a better life in a place where he could realize his dreams. Ronnie ended up graduating from college with an engineering degree and secured a job at Johnson & Johnson in their enterprise mobile strategy group. It felt like he made it. He was making good money for his family, bought a house for his parents, and got married. Over the nine years at Johnson & Johnson, Ronnie started a few companies and even went to film school. But somewhere in the midst of all of his projects, Ronnie had an idea, a bit of an unconventional one. He was going to open a restaurant for his father, 
as a retirement gift. And that's how the Masalawala was born. It's here on the corner of Delancey and Essex in the Lower East Side, where the seeds for the Masalawala were planted. Sandwiched between a parking garage and a burger joint is this tiny restaurant, so tiny you might walk past it if you aren't paying attention. Seven years ago, I came in looking for a respite from the cold. I had just moved to New York in the throes of winter and was in the midst of applying to jobs. The masala walla beckoned me with its rich brown decor, a warm cup of masala chai, and free Wi-Fi. Of course, you can't enter this restaurant without meeting the masala walla himself, the man behind the name, Ronnie's father, who Ronnie gifted the restaurant to as a retirement gift. It's his side profile that is famously framed in the restaurant's logo. Here's Ronnie as he explains the full manifestation of the Masala Walla. To me, my responsibility was to make sure that not just myself, but my family was okay. And along with those decisions, now you have the job, now you have all of these things, and then you get to ask. When you talk about self-actualization, it's not self, it's family's actualization. I'm happy, I have a great job. What about my father? This man spent his entire lifetime doing this. If he could do anything, what would it be? I thought of everything when he was retiring. And along came this idea that, you know, I think he would be really good with food. It was so simple. The idea that, uh, I mean, I was looking on Craigslist to look for locations, to be quite honest with you. That's how I found my first location. So by realizing my father's dream, I ended up realizing my own. And it gave me a platform to realize my own. It was the funniest and the most exciting, exhilarating experience ever. I didn't know if Masala Wala would work. It's a tiny, tiny hole in the wall. Are you kidding me with the shoestring budget? You know this, you were one of the first people there. But somehow, it took off. Ronnie attributes much of the success of the Masala Wala to his father. He has this magical ability to simply you know, have these magnetic conversations with people. And I believe sincerely that he's without a doubt born with it. He doesn't try hard, it's just who he is. He's unapologetically himself. And somehow when we are that authentic, it attracts people towards you. The restaurant also derives inspiration from India's age-old culinary affair with spice. The masala wala literally means merchant of spice. But not all Indian food is spicy. Each of Rani's restaurants takes a distinct spin on the cuisine, shedding light on a different region of India and the variations in their cooking styles. His hope is that he can upend the American notion that Indian food is simply curry in a hurry. Why restaurants? Is because I saw a very clear void in what's happening from an Indian cuisine perspective. It's in the peripherals, the hole in the wall experience, or really high end one or two, and that's where the conversation ends. It doesn't really have a seat at the table if you actually think about it. It is nowhere close to being regarded as where French cuisine is, Italian is, and there's many reasons for it, nothing wrong with it. But we, as my generation, have that responsibility for our future to move that narrative forward. Ronnie loves incorporating a sense of history and culture into his restaurant decor. For example, at his new restaurant in Long Island City, he has Indian newspapers from the last 100 years plastered on the walls. He gets his inspiration from his multiple interests in photography, film, and tech. And while he jokes that he's a little ADD, he suspects that his restaurants wouldn't be the same if he stayed solely focused on one thing. If you want to be a successful operator of a tech company, of a restaurant, of whatever it is, I believe, and this is my personal opinion, that is, you must 
do other things where you're, you're able to draw inspiration from. Otherwise, you're one of many. Get that MBA, go into that school, get to learn the basics, and now you have a company that you want to run, whatever it is, but you are confined in your vision. One of the biggest factors that brought change to my life was going to film school. All right, let's backtrack here for a bit. As we mentioned before, years before he started the Masala Walla, Ronnie was an engineer at Johnson & Johnson. At that time, he also felt the itch to try acting. Talk about a fusion of opposites. But Ronnie says he couldn't help himself. Through acting, he was able to tap into a softer, more emotional side. I was in engineering, and I recognized I was horribly devoid of the arts. Arts are incredibly look, looked down upon in Indian culture in terms of profitability. It's the worst thing to ever do. Are you kidding me? Like, we're going to be a nobody. In an engineering school, I took a theater class because I was desperately seeking somewhere that kind of rounded nature in my life and ended up getting into Lee Strasberg, explored that whole community and what Lee Strasberg taught me. It was the craziest thing. For those of you who aren't familiar, Lee Strasberg is the father of an acting philosophy known as method acting. This type of acting encourages sincere and emotionally expressive performances. When Ronnie got accepted into its acting school in New York City, he was in for a different kind of education. That for once, you're not graded in a class. So think of the pattern that you're breaking all of a sudden. Where is success? I'm here thinking, I'm going to do the best job possible by the end of the semester. I have no idea, I'm not being graded. So how do I do the best job? That's where the idea of success and failure, the ups and downs start to really start to blur. And that's a very important lesson. No longer could success be quantified. Success here was an internal gauge. It's about the authenticity, how what you find within yourself and being that authentic and sharing that with others. Isn't that what hospitality also is? That's where it, it comes out. So I started exploring that. I started getting to know. I started to actually get in touch with my own emotions that I did not know. I never cried when watching a movie, growing up. It was just weird. Like, why would I do that? But I think somehow this started to put me in tune with myself. Ronnie has had his fair share of audition rejections and failures, but he says they've helped him realize the importance of trying a lot of different things. I remember I've had two or three failed companies when I first started. I was in my 20s. I used to come home. This is well before going into film school. Failed companies because I didn't enjoy them. There were 200 other failed ideas before that. But I think if we are one day waking up and thinking, wow, if it's a restaurant, if it's a film, if it's a tech idea that is just going to happen out of thin air one day, you're going to wake up and, and if it's not that big, then I'm a failure, then that's our fundamental flaw, is to not think in that pattern, make the mistakes, do the smallest of ideas. If it wasn't for Masala Wala, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. Ronnie's certainly not afraid of failure, but he is careful about taking on more than he can handle. What I'm doing lately is making sure that I don't put myself in too many buckets without first exploring some of them to a good extent. And I like to juggle between the two. I think it keeps my life exciting. I love being an entrepreneur and not be confined by a specific thing and say, this is it, this is who I am. Ultimately, Ronnie believes we are all capable of living a life that makes space for multiple interests, though it may require some sacrifice. You have to make some hard choices. And those who say that the key word there is hard choices is you know, some of us are not willing to work as hard. Some of us are not willing to wake up at six in the morning, do a full day of work, and drive one and a half hours to go take a class and then go home by midnight and then wake up again at 6 a.m. Some, some of us are saying, this Thursday night, I just want to chill out with my friends. So there goes, so therefore now you have to pick one or the other. So 
what ended up happening was I needed to make sure that I was willing to work that hard. I wasn't afraid of it. What I used to tell myself, I used to actually talk to myself a lot more and told myself that I need to start cutting the shackles of being an immigrant first. What were those shackles? My responsibility towards my family. Now, not only my family has a home, they have their own livelihood. That gave me the ammunition to say, okay, now it's just me. I can afford to make some mistakes. I think in order for you to make room to really focus on one thing, you have to first know what those shackles are that's around you and be able to actively cut them. Otherwise, you're forever going to go in circles. A lot has happened since we've recorded those conversations in the last six to eight months. I left my job to pursue something that felt more meaningful to me, in part because of Ronnie's advice. Ronnie's rebranded a whole restaurant, and he's now a father. Priorities have shifted somewhat, but you can bet he's still planning new ventures. Regardless of the role or venture, though, Ronnie always returns to what drives him. I feel that it's, um, I have a responsibility not just towards the people that are around me, but beyond that, towards this planet, towards the very air we breathe, towards how, you know, my own existence. I don't think my life is actually for myself to consume. I actually, and that, this is a much more evolved pattern of thinking that has come to me much later. That, to me, it's about every day, how do I give back? And if I'm able to do that in the most honest way, that, then my life is worthwhile. For Ronnie, I can tell that his purpose in life is not just to shatter the perception of Indian cuisine. It's also to pave a path, be a role model, and provide a blueprint to the polymaths of the world. The reason I became an entrepreneur because I refuse to admit that people are one-dimensional. I refuse to admit it. And there are so many different ways of expressing that. We are all immensely blessed to be who we are as long as we find out what's within us and take the time for it. And with that, Ronnie's last piece of advice is to take time to reflect. While I come off as a really huge extrovert, I had to realize how to, there's always constantly things going on in my head that I I had to almost take the time to fine tune. And it took me some time. It came at a later stage in my life. That's why initially I think I had, I still have ADD. That's why I do a whole lot, lot of stuff. Why not? And I accept it. I embrace it. But I asked myself, if I have such a strong ADD, what if I were to channel that energy? And how do you channel it? So it's really going into your own shell at times, just stopping, tuning out from the world and just slowly focusing in. It's not something you can do consciously, but it's about letting go. I think each of us are so sometimes tightly wound that we can't let go within our own self. And that, again, comes from the Strasbourg. The ability to actually do that. It's not a technique to learn, but it's about knowing that you can as a human being and actually letting go, actually not worrying about time. It doesn't matter what time, what day, anything is. But it's about me right now existing. Things happen so quickly in today's rapid-fire society. We may wonder if we're running behind. But Ronnie says time is somewhat arbitrary. I think we all have our individual clocks, as I said this. I used to think, I'm not a 17-year-old startup guy, so it doesn't mean I'm too late. And then, here I was, a 26-year-old restaurant operator. Am I too early? Everybody else seems to be in their 40s and 50s. How does that work? I believe our clock is within us. I don't think I'm too late, too early. 
but I, I think it's okay. When I first interviewed Ronnie, he mentioned that the famous Marion Williamson poem, Our Deepest Fear, was one of his favorites. Here he shares his rendition. Our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Deep down, I think we're all a little like Ronnie, multifaceted people with lots of different interests. But society has taught us that conventional success often means sticking to a certain path. And sometimes in walking that path, we neglect those other parts of us, those parts that give us deep joy because we think we won't be externally rewarded in the same way, or the risk is too high, or we're too old and must submit to a responsible adult life. My personal takeaway from Ronnie's story is that we should all take time to look within and reflect on what matters most to us. Explore. Don't be afraid to try a lot of different things. See what's holding you back from trying. And then once you've identified what it is, you can begin to loosen the grip of those shackles. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rock the Boat and to Ronnie for sharing his story about fusing many interests into his polymath life. We've included his bio and relevant links from our conversation in the show notes. Next time on Rock the Boat, we speak with Justin Ching, the founder and producer of an amazing and award-winning video production company called J-School. Their mission is to empower underrepresented communities to tell their stories, but in their own voices. I mean, probably one of the worst pieces of bad advice I received was just to, like, shut up and keep my head down. And I, I'm just not that kind of person. Like, I've always made bold choices. And that's what's gotten me noticed. And someone telling you to shut up, put your head down feels like a version of, like, model minority stereotyping, frankly. We speak to Justin about Asian representation in the media, working as a producer in a predominantly white male-dominated industry, and how he found his individual voice amongst the sea of sameness. Stay tuned. Just a reminder that new Rock the Boat episodes air every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The best way to get notified of new episodes is to subscribe on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. If you liked what you heard, please share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from it and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Those positive reviews help a ton. If you have suggestions for topics about the Asian American community or a personal story that you'd like to share, email us at hello at gorocktheboat.com. Molly Schulson is our sound editor and music genius. Despite working a full-time job, helping us edit our podcast, and owning her own business, Molly doesn't drink coffee. She never had and hopes that she never will. See you next time. Will you share your, your name? Salah is my first name. Walla is my last name. All right. He's the Masala Walla. <laughs>